Welcome to the Ultimate Guide to Student Mental Health series. My name is Christina Broderick, and I'm the CEO and founder of Ignite EDU, where it's our vision that every student is able to learn, build, and strengthen their mental health foundation along their educational journey. In this series, we're talking about student mental health in differing areas, and today we're focusing on student mental health from the student's perspective. So today we have here Nelson Thomas, uh, who's going to talk to us about student mental health from his experience and things that he's been doing to really make a change. So go ahead and introduce yourself before we get started. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on here. That was a great intro. Thanks. Yeah, that was fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, no, so my name is Nelson Thomas. I a uh, recent graduate of the University of New Hampshire, co-founder of uh, Ecotex, which is a company focused on creating increased opportunity through affordability mm-hmm. by really democratizing the process and the ability for students to obtain the, the curriculums and the, and the uh, literatures they need to be the best they can be, uh, no matter where the classroom may be. So mm-hmm. um, co-founded that alongside some superstars when I was in the, at the University of New Hampshire, and we're excited about the growth and the opportunities that are being presented here um, as we're really moving into a changing world of academia and the opportunity to really bring a lot of value to students across the country. So uh, really that being the main focus, the main yeah. goal of our company, really a mission-focused uh, brand it. here. And so, I can't wait until yeah. the end we get to hear a little bit more about uh, the progress you guys have been making mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the ways that people can support you guys. Yeah, for sure. um, So before we dive into what's happening now with students and their mental health, mm. talk to us about your experience, right? So what was it like for you growing up? What was it like for you in schools with mental health? What Mm. are some things that you experienced, things that you saw, uh, just going from there? Yeah, yeah, no, I I really, you know, kind of becoming a mental health advocate through my experiences as a student athlete. I had the opportunity to play football at the University of New Hampshire, um, which was a great experience, met so many great people along the way, and, and, and I really had a lot of fun doing it. But, you know, as you go up in different levels of athletics, um, you know, it becomes more and more trying for yeah. you um, as you're going along, just the ebbs and flows of the game that become natural. So, you know, through that, that's really what started me really getting to understand, okay, what can I do to take care of myself when I'm not on the field or, you know, when I'm dealing with these ebbs and flows that are natural with the game, how can I uh, put myself in a prime mm-hmm. position to, to best take care of myself yeah. ultimately? And I, I really lean back on this phrase, I you know, cultivating a toolbox of sorts. Like what yeah. things can I lean back on on moments of stress and anxiety or uncertainty to mm-hmm. give myself the ease of mind? And, and just a momentary joy, um, whether in that period. And then yeah. you build those up brick by brick, and then all of a sudden now you're kind of past that that momentary uh, uh, time in, in your life where then you feel better about what's happening. Mm-hmm. But um, So really just understanding and doing that self-development work has been so important to me. Yeah. Um, really just getting to know yourself and getting yeah. to know what, what you enjoy, um, yeah. what makes you happy. Um, so then, you know, when you're in those moments, you, you know how to pull yourself out. Yeah. And it's hard, right? It's yeah. hard if you um, are, especially if you're, like, super young, right? So, like, elementary school, middle school, yeah. right? We've been playing uh, sports our whole lives. Yeah. Um, I don't play as much anymore, but it's a different story. Um, <laughs> but even when you're younger, right, uh, of trying to figure out what that's like for you, right? Mm-hmm. And feeling like you have to do that yourself, right? Like, yeah. you don't have... Maybe you can always turn to your parents, right? Um, it's not really talked about so much in school, which is a really, yeah. like a huge issue, which is why I do the work that I do. Um, but I remember even me being a student athlete, like when I was younger, and having to face those kinds of like insecurities mm. and like really getting caught in your head and high pressure moments, right? And then if you falter or something happens, like you just get yelled at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you, yeah. right? Um, and and then again, it's left up to you to figure it out, uh-huh. but. I want you to go like back, back, right? So like thinking for you in like elementary school, middle school, yeah. where, what did mental health look like for you in that space is, or with like your peers mm. and, and support and services and stuff like that? Yeah. 
I remember going that, you know, going back to that realm. I don't know if I really had the label for it at the mm -hmm. time, you know, about, okay, this is mental health. This is mental health advocacy. This yeah. is me uh, taking care of myself in that capacity. I just remember ha having an urge, I guess, when in, in moments of frustration and sadness to be able to reach out and speak to people, mm -hmm. right? And, and understanding at the time I didn't have a label, right? So it was like my support system. Mm -hmm. It was my parents. It was maybe my close friends. You know, yeah. some of my friends that I'm still great friends with to this Your day. Your older cousins. My older cousins, <laughs> exactly. You know, people who, who I know I can trust and have my back to be yeah. able to speak to about whatever it is. And um, I know that's to this day being now 23 years old is that's always helped me is, is being able to speak to people, mm -hmm. being, having outlets support and, and yeah. trusting within the support system yeah. um, is something that I think is critical because mm -hmm. then you're able to speak to people who have your back, who love you, who yeah. you can trust, and you can speak open and honestly about that. Um, so I think even going really far back, that's where it really started for me is identifying that mm -hmm. what kind of things um, are able to help me out, to help yeah. me get through situations, and yeah. what kind of tactics can I lean on. And one of those things for me is really leading on the support system and yeah. having people that – um, really love and, and that I could trust yeah. to speak openly and honest about maybe what yeah. I'm going through. And that's something that's been pretty consistent. And that's what's, uh, I think is such a key part of student mental health is when you're young is having that and, mm. and feeling that you really can turn to those people. Um, in this series, we'll talk about student mental health in the home and we talk yeah. about how um, for parents, right, how can they become that person for their child? Yeah. But it's not always easy, right? Like I... My mom, I knew I probably could, but I never did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, she was busy working, single mother, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I got uh -huh. other things to worry about. Like, yeah. and no fault to her, because it was true, right? Like, she was busy trying to feed three mouths. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I remember, I, I don't even think I had in elementary school or middle school a counselor or mm -hmm. social worker, anybody. Yeah. Um, and I remember having moments where I wanted someone to turn to you. You're, you're, you don't know something. You're kind of feeling like, oh, I, I feel like I've just been so down. I, yeah. I feel like I'm in this funk. What is this? But where do you go? Especially back, you know. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, we didn't have the internet like we do now. Yeah. Um, we didn't have, you know, my mom had encyclopedias in the yeah. basement, but like, what uh -huh. am I looking up, right? Uh -huh. um, did you have that with like any of your peers or did you notice any of your like your peers even like high school like struggling or, or did you witness that in in terms of your educational experience yeah yeah no i mean in, in terms of in terms of people struggling and stuff i've had uh, friends of mine who passed from suicide unfortunately mm. and that was you know uh, really came out of the blue and, yeah. and, and uh, was very abrupt the way it kind of happened and it just goes back to speak to the resources that are needed at mm -hmm. such a young age and the resources that should be placed in, in terms of uh, establishing a system in these, especially these early developmental years about, yeah. you know, uh, what what toolboxes, what skill sets can mm -hmm. we apply to these, these students yeah. as they're becoming next generational leaders. And um, I think, you know, maybe when me and you were in middle school, it just wasn't as much of a conversation, yeah. unfortunately, mm -hmm. right? It was kind of like a thing that, it wasn't really spoken about as openly, you yeah. know, mental health and having these labels for it and having these understandings right. so we can, you know, have names to attribute mm -hmm. to these things mm -hmm. so we can actually do the d diligent work to, to fix them and yeah. eradicate them. And I think, um, you know, as we're going along, and I was fortunate enough to go to, like, you know, pretty nice schools and stuff that mm -hmm. had counseling services and put a little bit more yeah. of a president on it. So that was kind of my first introduction. Um, but, you know, in the, in the grand scheme and generally speaking, um, I think – it really goes back to placing resources there that, that students can really take yeah. advantage of yeah. um, so they can, you know, live up to their full potential and be able to feel open and honest about talking about these mm -hmm. things. And, and, you know, if it's not necessarily somebody who's a skilled professional at it, it's, it could be a friend. It could mm -hmm. be, um, you know, uh, somebody who's a, maybe a mentor, yeah. or a, uh, a teacher or something. Yeah. I think people always need to be 
uh, made alert yeah. of the different signs and signals that might be um, uh, yeah. might might be resulting in a kid who's isolating themselves or somebody who's yeah. going through something. And the importance of, of being proactive, because yeah. even if sometimes those resources are there, they're reserved for when you already have a problem, then you can go see somebody. And then that's when you start learning about all this kind of stuff, right? But then it's like, well, why aren't we just doing this more proactively. Yeah. Um, this past week, um, so I run a student mental health course, so yeah. I work directly with students and we talk about mental health and we go through different things like mindset, resiliency, uh, stress reduction, self-care, and we, t- we also talk about support and what support looks like, right? Destigmatizing therapy yeah. And, yeah. and resources on campus. Um, but time and time again, I just hear students being so frustrated with the resources that are available, right? Yeah. So. Then it's like, how do we help students hold their schools accountable? Mm. Because the resources that may be there are subpar, yeah. right? Or uh, they were telling me that um, it's there's long wait times, yeah. um, okay. or there's they can't get frequent services, yeah. or when they go and speak to somebody, they feel like they're being rushed, or yeah. they're getting treatment recommendations that are given to everybody no yeah. matter what. And they're like, well, this, why are you giving me my friend the same type of medication or same type of like, yeah. you know, plan or whatever? Like they're not really individualizing it. Um, so it's definitely complex and it, it's really heartbreaking because I think when students, it's it's very powerful to say, I need help, right? Mm-hmm. To make the decision that says, I need help. Um, but then to go into spaces that are meant for students to get that help and then there's not, they're not good. They're yeah, not great, yeah. right? Um, and it's complex, right? It's a whole thing, you know, layered issue uh-huh. of, of the amount of, you know, people are available, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but it's a hard spot, you know? It's a hard spot to, to have to listen to students that are just mm-hmm. like, please, can we, yeah, <laughs> like, like ask, do better? They made the they made the big jump to want to be, and brave jump, right. to, to say, hey, I need help. I need to seek the service. And um, that's saddening to hear because our, our therapy has been something that helped me so much right. uh, working through different things. But just learning about Nelson and, and building that emotional intelligence, which is yeah. so critical in every aspect yeah. of what you do, whether it be a relationship, business, yeah. um, you know, uh, personal endeavors, whatever mm-hmm. the case is, having emotional intelligence is such a skill yeah. that needs to be cultivated. Um, it just it, so you control of your emotions. Your emotions aren't in control yeah. of you. And uh, so it's a little saddening to hear kind of that those, those um, sentiments that you shared. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it is a layered and complex issue from a systemic yeah. understanding of like, okay, what's the best we, way we can treat so many students? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this, if you do have the opportunity, though, to ever be in a therapy session, it's important to understand and be, you know, understand that this person is here to help you right. and to be as honest about whatever you're going through mm-hmm. with them because it's like any doctor, right? You mm-hmm. can only, they can only treat what you tell them. If you're not giving them, mm-hmm. you know, the information to your symptoms, yeah. they can't prescribe you the best medication in, mm-hmm. that, in that perspective, right? So it's important to always just be so transparent yeah. and honest with this individual because they're there objectively. Mm-hmm. They don't know the person you might be talking about. They don't know the situation. Mm-hmm. They really don't even really know you. They're just there to identify what's the best way to help you. And yeah. the only way for them to really truly help you on an individual personalized level is if you're being totally transparent about yeah. what you're going through and not letting your sometimes what the ego may mm-hmm. be come up and creep up mm-hmm. and, and block you from wanting yeah. to share certain things. It's hard. My, my first therapist years ago was... It was that. Like, yeah. I got there, and she was just like, just talk. And I was like, ugh. And I remember, like, I was lying. <laughs> like about what? I yeah, was, like, yeah. making stuff up. Yeah. And I was like, this does not feel right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was like, this is probably a signal that I probably, yeah. I, I just didn't get the vibe. I didn't get the yeah. vibe from her, right? So I think it's also part of it is and this recognition that everybody is not going to be the perfect person exactly, for you, right? Yeah, Sometimes too. you might do a little bit of shopping. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to, but how do we then also with students, which is like another layer, is that uh, advocacy, right? Self-advocacy yeah. and, and saying, this is not the relationship for me, Yeah, but it's okay. I can go find somebody else. Exactly. Um, 
It's difficult. It is. Yeah. It's difficult. Yes. Um, but I wanted to also chat about that if you can go deeper for the transition for you in terms of how you got really into mental health and then mm -hmm. some of the things that you also do on campus. Yeah. You did a lot of different uh, initiatives mm -hmm. as a student as it relates to mental health. Yeah, yeah, no. So, I mean, I got really deep into it because it was just a feeling of, you know, I was going through what I was going through. And I remember, you know, from from that football situation mm -hmm. that was happening. And just, to, again, it was just, I really had to do with the ebbs and flows. You come in, you're playing high school ball, you go to D1 ball, you're not playing as right. much, right? You don't have the same burn, you know, it's kind of be frustrating. And, and especially when something that you've cultivated such an identity around, mm -hmm. it's almost such a disruption for that identity to almost be taken away mm -hmm. in that way, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So so that was hard for me to deal with. But then um, as I went to, to therapy and started, and, and started seeing the effects of it, and started seeing the benefits of it and mm -hmm. started making myself feel better in yeah. those moments, started seeing the strength in that, in that emotional intelligence I was garnering. I said, you know, I can't be the only person going through this right. as a student athlete. Right. Right. I, you know, I can't, I'm not, the, I'm not the only student athlete yeah. on campus who's like feeling bummed out or sad or, or depressed or anxiety yeah. or you know, have anxious feelings and such. So that really just motivated me to mm -hmm. want to start um, in my position where I had a student athlete advisory committee. Mm -hmm. um, that made me want to start the uh, event I had, which was Bench Out the Stigma. Um, which is still going on. You know, they're doing a great job with it. Hopefully they push it on next year. And, um, you know, they're I was like, really like bench, like actual benching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's part of it really. It's just, and you know, part of it is the award giving the bench pressing, the kind of athletic aspect. So it's like a competition, like how many, how to explain that. Yeah. Also, stigma. yeah, you're right. So bench out the stigma was an event that was founded on a uh, university of New Hampshire where we was focused on destigmatizing mental health by normalizing the conversation, just mm -hmm. having a bunch of people who are these jocks, these people that are like you see as these strong figures, mm -hmm. um, in one room talking positively about the importance of mental health mm -hmm. and having normalized conversation about yeah. the ebbs and flows that if you're in your athletic life or in your, your life in general, because yeah. at the end of the day, although we play sports, we are people too. Exactly. You know what I mean? We're just normal humans. Yeah. Beings at the end of the day. Part Sounds like of a good it, conversation. Sorry? Sounds like a good conversation. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was great, man. Yeah. I mean, it would have like a, you know, last year we had like a tons of like 300 plus people. In wow. The room and stuff like, yeah, it was great. It was, it was awesome. And, and it just really signified and showed power in symbolically to other athletes, even if they weren't in the room or the greater community at large and the greater athletic community mm -hmm. at the NCAA and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff that, you know, at the end of the day, athletes are human beings too. We have emotions. We have feelings. Yeah. We're not robots. Yeah. We're not items. We're not commodities. We're not just assets to coaches. Yeah. You know, it's something that, you know, is important and you need to treat us like human beings and understand mm -hmm. that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's okay to have those kind of feelings before mm -hmm. games, for practices, uh, through, through competitions, et cetera. Um, and, and you'll have outlets here to be able to help you get through it because yeah. not only will going through that and seeking the proper help make you a better athlete, mm -hmm. it'll make you a better person it'll mm -hmm. make you a better you mm -hmm. at the end of the day too and and so really that was the main focus of the event right the other aspects that we kind of made it fun because we are athletes at the end of the day too <laughs> we had like bench pressing competition for most reps most impressive lift to somebody what's like the most reps someone did oh man somebody went under the bar i think a football player one time we did like 135 okay. and one of the football guys went underneath there and, and benched like 50 plus times yeah, and then one, actually, the girl, we had That's the That's literally benching me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, one of these big, you know, these are some big, gritty linemen yeah. now, you know, getting under getting under there and getting after it. And then we had some of the young ladies as well uh, who were in the athletic. Uh, I think one of them, you know, blue. I think we, we did, like, 10, we did one. 
15 for mm-hmm. the female uh, rounds and stuff. And somebody did that like, you know, 80 plus times or something. What? Like, we had some really impressive athlete numbers. I was like, dang, oh I got I got to pump these numbers up a little bit. I have bit. zero arm strength. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be on this. Uh, you got it. Yeah. I keep going. They, would, I, I they would kill it, man. And then, That's we, awesome. and then we would do like, you know, gift cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last year was going to be sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings and oh, things. So we were giving yeah. out like gift cards to, you know, the first year we gave out gift cards to like Lululemon, Nike, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, cool. um, all in all, just, you know, more importantly than anything, it, I wanted to serve just as a symbol, a yeah. beacon in, if anything, the UNH community right. that your mental health is important, your right. mental health matters. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you have a safe space to be able to communicate that yeah. this normalized conversation. Um, yeah. It's not something that you're going to be, you know, benched over or stigmatized right. around or felt less than right. uh, because you came out and said, hey, I need help. Right. You know? And it speaks to how important it is for not just for students to be aware, but then also the administrators, right? Yeah, like, yeah. coaches. If, yeah, if you make it a priority, it's going to mm-hmm. be a priority, right? Exactly. Um, so I want you to talk about a, a space that has been, I think, challenging for many students mm. given the uh, global pandemic yeah. of ending your senior year. You didn't get a chance to, like, mm-hmm. you know, walk across the stage yep. you worked so hard for, yeah. and then that transition and the abrupt changing of, of just your life. Yeah. Um, a lot of studies are coming out that, you know, it, it, 80 80, 85 percent of students have mental health has been, you know, drastically affected by uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, Um, heightened awareness, heightened stress, heightened anxiety, um, grief, right, feeling of loss. So how was that for you and your peers going to kind of through this as a student? Yeah. Graduating Zoom U. (laughs) Graduating Zoom U. It was wild. It was weird Mm -hmm. um, more than anything. And it was like you know, uh, so anticlimactic. Yeah. It was, um, so it, it was difficult to do. I mean, the part of the reason I stayed up in, in New Hampshire, I had my off-campus apartment. I stayed there all through July. Yeah. Um, mainly because I was like, well, shoot, I mean, college, when college is over, it's over. And, yeah. you know, um, I want to soak up everything left I got in this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, um, an unfortunate thing and, and very hard to deal with because yeah. you kind of works looking forward to that graduation day, mm-hmm. looking forward to family coming yeah. up. And, you know, I went to everybody else's like, grad. I'm like, I'm like, the, yeah, I'm like the last one to graduate too, everybody. And, um, yeah, it was so in that way. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things that it just sucks and there's yeah. really nothing you can <laughs> do about it. It yeah. just like sucks. And, um, really just in that way focusing and going back to this a little bit is focusing on what you can control i can't control that right you know it it's it's part of course you mm-hmm. know it's part of life and ultimately we're all kind of in the same boat um, yeah. dealing with covid in, in many different ways and and having perspective too because although in those moments yeah i was so bummed out about the fact that i didn't graduate and yeah. that i had to look at a computer screen and see my president just acknowledge the fact that today mm-hmm. would have been a nice day um if, if not for covid but at the end of the day, too, there's people who have lost very close loved ones, yeah. people who lost mothers, daughters, yeah. aunts, you know, brothers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at the, and I'm fortunate enough to, to say I graduated from college. I'm fortunate enough to say I'm doing something in Ecotex and, and right. you know, building up a company. And I'm fortunate enough to say I have a home to go back to. Yeah. No, nobody in my house is sick or anything yeah. like that. So also, you know, although in the moment, yeah, you can be like, dang, this, this mm-hmm. is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but trying to hold on to the level of perspective, mm-hmm. too, as well about how bad your situation is yeah. and that it could always be worse. Yeah. That's, that's while well, we recognize that it's hard to do, yeah, exactly. right. Yeah, we also yeah. can recognize that there are alternatives, right. To kind of help pull yeah. us out of that space. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing we also talk about in the series is the difference with mental health and boys slash men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Because it is, it's just very interesting yeah. how, um, 
it's just something that men just don't really talk about, don't yeah. attend to, right? And we can talk a little bit maybe about like toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, but even when I do my course, right, um, out of the 40 plus past and current students, there's been one boy, one male. Um, I've speak, spoken to uh, directors who sign students up and, you know, when we I do professional development and I kind of talk about this stuff, they're like, you're right, even for us, like when we think of who to enroll, their brains go to girls, yeah. right? They're mm-hmm, like, we don't mm-hmm. even, and it's like how ingrained that bias is sometimes, yeah. right? Um, so have you noticed as, as a young man, um, what that has been like for you um, growing up? Did you experience or hear certain things that were said about like, you know, being a man yeah. and not fear, don't being touched with your emotions and having yeah. to like break that down? Like, uh-huh. what was that like? Man, I play football, Chris. Other <laughs> 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 things yelled So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, talk about a sport. I mean, I don't think there is a sport that's more hyper-masculine than football, American football. And, um, yeah, to to kind of touch on that point of toxic masculinity, um, yeah, there was this notion, this this kind of barrier put up that you have to deal and bear and bear alone certain um, pressures and and things uh, as that's just part of being a man. You Mm -hmm. know, that's part of... uh, being an adult right and and your it's your responsibility to kind of deal with that Mm -hmm. and not burden other people you're supposed to be the one out there doing the work doing the goods um and not focused on necessarily how you feel i mean who cares how you feel about it you know i mean so that that yeah those those things especially i mean when you look at football are always communicated Mm -hmm. um just just by nature of the game i mean by nature the game is hyper competitive hyper masculine it's it's just hyper violent and and physical you've been playing since you were what i've been playing since i was in fourth 10 years old so i was 10 years old when i started yeah Yeah. and but you know it's um and that and that's in in that way it's it's changing Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's 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 relieving when you kind of step away a little Mm -hmm. bit and are able to shed those kind of right social contracts at the end of the day they're really social contracts Mm -hmm. right like who made that up right i mean that was kind of just built over time to become a a social truth but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day no one necessarily it's not stamped in any documentation that a man can't go to therapy a man can't be a mental health advocate a man right. can't take care of themselves emotionally or even physically like mm. come on go get go get your toes done bro like get your nails done take care of yourself wash your face you know what i mean come on like do things that make you feel good why would you right in general like why would you hinder yourself from doing something that make you feel good why right. because it's because it's not quote unquote for you or right. quote unquote for what, yeah. what, or it's men, feminine, what right? men do or yeah. it's feminine Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things is you want to exude confidence. That's manly, mm-hmm. right? That's that's masculine. And right. at the end of the day, um, it, it's it's a short life. You got to do what makes yeah. you happy. What things you find joy in doing, and and uh, and kind of shed these kind of necessarily these these pressures and societal yeah. constructs and social constructs that are yeah. really um, when you boil it all down, it's kind of made up. Yeah, it's kind of fabricated. It's yeah. just kind of there, and and we've just come to accept it as truth but um you know when you when you shed yourself from necessarily putting all that burden on yourself mm-hmm. or having to be this overarchingly quote-unquote masculine figure right. um you find that it's just uh you know such a relief yeah and sometimes how there's like this weird i don't know if it's like a duality mm-hmm. or just like how it contradicts itself maybe that's probably better um do you know Brene brown She's uh, a shame and like vulnerability researcher. She has a really good like episode on Netflix. Um, She has a a podcast, books, um, all this kind of stuff. She's really amazing. And she again talked about shame and vulnerability. Okay. And she just kind of talks about how 
we with men we want them to be courageous and yeah. strong uh-huh, and uh-huh. brave yeah but is that not what being vulnerable is right exactly. it's 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 scary yeah right? it takes a level of brave uh, of being brave to to be vulnerable exactly. right so how are we not then also encouraging men to be vulnerable yeah. if we're going to tell them that they should be brave and strong right it, are those things are not synonymous so yeah um i do think it's an interesting perspective as you're kind of mentioning too that it's this social contract and i think people just kind of moved it into the space that makes it seem acceptable yeah. for them and what they feel comfortable in mm-hmm. um and then continue to pass that along into some stuff but you yeah. did hint on that things are changing yeah right especially when it comes to like sports um so how, what are you noticing that that's changing yeah no i'm you know, I think you hit on a really good point there about just the, the way you look at it, too. Yeah. Because, you know, when that is vulnerable, being vulnerable is being brave mm-hmm. because you're subsepting, you're, you're, you're making an opportunity for somebody to hurt you. Yeah. So you have to be brave to kind of let your guard down that right. way. So, again, it's kind of changing the way we speak about it yeah. and the way we look at what is bravery, what is, career, you know, being a, a quote unquote man, what is mm-hmm. being. Um, you know, and, and you know whatever these kind of uh, stereotypes or constructs may yeah. be, it's kind of like, let's change the conversation around those yeah. and really look at them from a different lens. Um, but regarding to what I'm seeing changing in mental health, is just you're starting to see so many popular figures, so many powerful mm-hmm. figures embody it, and that's yeah. so important. You know, when when you're looking at somebody, consubstantiality, when somebody's mm-hmm. able to look at somebody else and see themselves in that person, yeah. you know, they also believe that that they can do it as well. Yeah. So when you have an athlete like Kevin Love, mm-hmm. when you have an athlete like even Le- Le- LeBron James. Mm-hmm. of the world and and others and mm-hmm. and and i think uh uh what's the what's the woman who was on usa soccer as well um shoot i can't remember her oh, name oh. dang we'll have to get that <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to get her name somewhere somehow but you, you have these figures who are talking so powerfully about mental health yeah um that are in such a great position mm-hmm. where you know they don't necessarily even have to do that, yeah. but they're acknowledging that, hey, even I, who am I at the elite of the elite, I'm right. on the USA national women's soccer right. team, won a gold medal. I won an NBA mm-hmm. finals championship. I won a Super Bowl. Right. And I'm acknowledging that, like, hey, I went through this stuff. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I go through this stuff day yeah. in, day out all the time. Yeah really begins to normalize the conversation because mm-hmm. these are people who little kids little young men and little wi- and young women mm-hmm. are looking up to and aspiring to be like and yeah. they maybe already thought because of you know going through tech, playing football since 10 year old mm-hmm. thinking okay i gotta suck it up i gotta be the yeah. dude i gotta be hard all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. but you see somebody else is saying like look i've reached the nfl i've reached yeah. the pinnacle what you maybe see as the pinnacle yeah and I go through these things too, yeah. and this is how I'm dealing with them. is a really powerful construct mm-hmm. when, when you think about people who really look up to those figures. So yeah. uh, having that conversation be normalized on that scale mm-hmm. from these high, high figures who are reaching these yeah. elite levels in athletics or these elite levels just in life, you know, in general, even if it's an actor, a CEO, a mm-hmm. chef, or whatever the case may be, creates just a powerful example yeah. for people who are following in their footsteps and want to also aspire to be in those yeah. same positions. And then even if, if we're bringing it back down to kind of like more of the micro level of even when in education, the, the staff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that the, the students are interacting with. I, when I talk with my students, meet with my students, I have gotten used to a certain level of vulnerability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I talk openly about yeah. my therapy appointments, right? Yeah. I talk openly about my anxiety that I face. Um, a lot of it resonates with students when I'm like, yeah, my perfectionism and yeah. my, you see the highlight reel, you see all like, oh my God, Christina's exactly. doing all this stuff. She's so inspiring. She's so great. There's so much behind the scenes that is happening that you don't get a chance to see. Yeah. So how can I make sure that I am letting them know that with my words, right? With yeah. my voice saying, yeah, you may see the highlight reel and you see me leaving my job and you see all this stuff, but there's, there's these things that are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. That's also important, right? And that's yeah. a way to connect and build those relationships with students where 
you can see it now from your your athletes or mm-hmm. things that you admire, but then also when you're in your school building, yeah. right? Um, how are we modeling for students taking mental health days? How are we modeling for students the importance of talking about mental mm-hmm. health and calling it mental health, right? Yeah. Not just like wellness. No, we're, we're going to talk about it and name it, right? We're going to name anxiety. We're going to name depression. We're going to name a sleeping disorder. Yep. We're going to name these things, right? Because um, that is all part of that normalizing, normalizing and destigmatization as it yeah. relates to mental health. And there's such power in speaking your truth, too. Mm-hmm. There's such power in like just speaking openly and candidly right. about what you're going through, how you're doing it, mm-hmm. um, and w- and what you've been dealing with. Because that 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 no one can really take that away from you. Yeah. Now it's there. No one can use that against you. And maybe yeah. that's the fear that lies out there. But when you're speaking your truth openly, mm-hmm. honestly, and embodying that, and knowing that you're taking the tangible steps to fix it, right. there's a lot of power and, and, and control now you have over that personal mm-hmm. narrative mm-hmm. to be able to move forward in a constructive exactly. way about and not have that same type of aloof feeling or that type of uncertainty yeah. around uh, making that known to the to, to public. You yeah. Know? So from your perspective, what needs to, what else needs to continue to happen within the educational spaces to best support students, right? Mm. Based on what you've experienced in, you know, from elementary school through college, what your friends have experienced, what you've seen peers, other people within your life uh, go through, what else needs to happen? Mm -hmm. Uh, What do administrators need to do? Like if they're listening in, right, what are some things that they need to start doing? to best support their mental health of their students. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's you know, it kinda leans to about I've been thinking about this a lot lately, it's sustainable processes. Mm-hmm. And we think about sustainability, we often think about, you know, the environment, we yeah. think about maybe food processes mm-hmm. and how that's but it's always kind of in the environment. But what about personal sustainability processes? What yeah. about creating uh, um, ways in which understanding, okay, is it is it logical? Is it proper for my for the mental health of my student perhaps to for me to assign them seven hours of homework every night, right. you know, for this semester or seven hours of homework over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's feasible? Right. Or am I able to make this more efficient, break it down to a way in which maybe instead of seven hours of homework, it's three and a half hours. Right. They're still going to have to work hard. That's not saying you don't work hard. Right. But what is a sustainable way for us to be able to maintain? Because at the end of the day, it's all a marathon, too. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to be able to maintain the same standard, the same mm-hmm. pace for months on yeah. months on months, especially when you're building something. Mm-hmm. It's going to take months, months, years, mm-hmm. years, you know, 10 yeah. years plus whatever the case is. And you've got to find sustainable means in your life yeah. and, uh, for you to be able to operate in a way in which these processes can be of longevity. Yeah. So for an administrator standpoint, you know, it, it's it's about, okay, am I designing my curriculums? Am I designing my classroom structures and my... And my um, my teachings to my students in a way in which is sustainable to them, right. in a way in which they can be optimally uh, engaged mm-hmm. in the literatures, in the curriculums, in what I'm trying to teach them yeah. uh, uh, for that moment, and then give them the ability to rest, recover, just like any other athlete kind of thinking about as an athlete, mm-hmm. give them the time to, for their brain to rest, recover, uh, and, and be prepared for the next yeah. push of three, whatever the case may yeah. be for, for that, and creating sustainable ways for them to learn and be educated in the classroom, both mm-hmm. when they're inside or wherever the classroom may be. So I think really educators thinking about their curriculums and how is this a sustainable process from yeah. a mental health standpoint, or am I overburning my students so much that they're just going to be burnt out by mm-hmm. week three yeah. of, the, of the semester. Meanwhile, we got three months left in the semester. They're going to be checked out. Yeah. You know, they're not really getting anything yeah. out of this. At that point, they're just trying to survive. They're in yeah. total, their brain has entered 
total survival mode mm -hmm. versus curiosity and versus optimal learning uh, uh, phases that yeah. their brain can op can can activate. You right. know, they they've moved from that place mm -hmm. to a, to just I'm just trying to survive this course. I'm yeah. just trying to get through. I'm just trying if to get by. If they, they even make it, or if some of them drop it. out the class, like some, some of them, them drop, drop out. out of school. Right, sixty four percent of students that drop out of school is because due to mental health reasons. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's like as a student, as a as a educator, as a yeah. as a curriculum builder, as an administrator. Am I building sustainable processes uh, for my constituents yeah. that allows them to be the best student they can be mm -hmm. from the first day of class to the mm -hmm. last day of class? Yeah, I, I, I think that sums it up beautifully, mm -hmm. right? I, again, I was meeting with like a bunch of educators yesterday, and that was a big focus, right? Yeah. How can they build mental health strategy, skills, questioning, awareness into what they're already doing, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of having this in, it be in silos or something separate, right? Oh, let's bring in the, the social worker. Let's bring in yeah. whatever, do something, a workshop or something, yep. and then we're back to square one and they're doing all these other things, right? How yeah. can you build it in to what you're already doing for that sustainability purposes, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and making students aware as to why you're doing those kinds of things so that yeah. they can recognize it too. Because it's so heartbreaking, like me seeing eighth graders, seventh graders breaking Damn, down because yeah. they are just burnt out. Yeah. And I'm like, you are 13, and right? Really, and that's really not and fair. And I've seen it up to the college students, right? Yeah. It's just like, it's it's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair. And we don't teach them what to do. We just say, figure it out. Yeah. Oh, oh, you have a lot of homework. Oh, oh, yeah. that's let's figure it figure out. It out yeah. And they're figuring it out in my office in tears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. So it's how are we really taking the time to be intentional of as you're saying, building it into the curriculum mm -hmm. because we have to teach them these things. Yeah. That's why it's like we're teaching them everything else. Why are we not teaching all students this yeah. kind of stuff? Right? How are we not teaching them balance? How are we not teaching exactly. them self-care practices? Mm -hmm. How are we not teaching them the importance of checking in with themselves, right? And how to check in with others. Mm -hmm. It all has to be taught. We don't yeah. just, we're not born with it. Exactly. Great, it has to be taught. And I think the way our society is set up doesn't make it so easy, mm -hmm. but we can start making those shifts and start yeah. making those changes. No, yeah, you're 100% yeah, right. And sometimes too, it's about like understanding like, this might be a push period. So, you know, there, there might be a moment where it's sustainable, sustainable. Yeah. And then there might be a period where, okay, we got to get after yeah. for, you know, seven hours, or a case may be, yeah. plus a night with Homer. Yeah. Let's put that in there. Yeah. Let's let's have it labeled out and say big push period right here. So your students even have the time to prepare. Yes. Mental mentally, preparation. Yes. Mental preparation exactly. to say, okay, I'm going to go through a big period right mm -hmm. now. I remember that's what they used to do for some of the labeling in, in, in the football, right? And okay. uh, for, for a training camp, whatever. We would have practice. But you would know, like, three days before, okay, I got I have a two-day coming up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or right. I got a, I got a long, I got a big day coming up in terms of <laughs> yeah. field work. Yeah. I got to get done. So yeah. I, I'm preparing for that physical, you know, a physical uh, uh, day that I'm going to mm -hmm. have that's going to be exhausting. Mm -hmm. But then also maybe if you have that push period labeled in your curriculum, mm -hmm. then prior to you reduce it down. You take right. maybe it's three and a half hours. You reduce your students down for that week to an hour, two right. hours worth of work. Because, you know, in the next couple of weeks, they're going to be doing seven push hour, mm -hmm. push uh, period hours of work and stuff like that. Right. And that's just that's applicable to. You know, sports, that's applicable to the classroom. That's applicable mm -hmm. to companies. Right. You know, not burning out your workers, mm -hmm. not burning out your staff, not mm -hmm. burning out your constituents, any type of organizational structure. Right. Um, how are we building sustainable processes that give your uh, constituents the opportunity to be the best they can be from the first day to the last day? Yeah. Yeah. What advice do you have for students? If there's a student listening yeah. in and they uh, want to know more about mental health, or they feel like maybe they're struggling, they feel alone, um, what advice do you have for students? Yeah, man. I I would say from from a student's perspective that it, it gets better. Okay. 
that, um, you know, from a mental health standpoint, I'm kind of thinking about a student who might be thinking through something and might mm-hmm. be struggling with something that is never as bad as maybe you think it is. Mm. And sometimes we create these, and the mind is so powerful mm-hmm. in this way. Mm-hmm. It's powerful in, in many ways, yeah. but it's powerful in the way in which sometimes we unknowingly convince ourselves of certain realities, mm-hmm. convince ourselves of certain narratives about right. ourselves, about the outward perception of ourselves that aren't quite necessarily always on point. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important to speak it, mm-hmm. speak it out, mm-hmm. speak it to others, speak yeah. it to people who love you, speak it objectively to somebody who can knows nothing about you or the situation mm-hmm. and give you concrete understanding about yep. where you are and how on meter or off meter you are in terms of what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes too much is done internally, too much thinking and processing is done internally, mm-hmm. and then unfortunately that then exudes itself in ways right. in which, you know, outbursts, right. uh, you know, in, in random uh, you know, uh, breakdowns, mm-hmm. in, in, uh, and, and all of a sudden this monologue, internal right. monologue, sometimes negative internal mm-hmm. monologue, is then brought to truth right. because of the actions that then represent that internal monologue, yeah. but it was never spoken right. and it had the opportunity to be corrected, right. maybe for where it doesn't a line where maybe that's a misconception or yeah. maybe something that's not as not as um, accurate as maybe yeah. you're, you're building it up to be. So right. um, I'm really thinking about a younger student, too, when I'm talking mm-hmm. about this, a high school student, right. um, a middle school student, that at the time period, whatever you may be going through or feeling like you're going through, find somebody that you can speak to about it mm-hmm. and remember that it always gets better. Yeah. It's a long, long life. Yeah. I'm 23 years old. <laughs> you're I mean, so old, I'm oh, my so, God. I, you know, I'm 23 <laughs> years old, but, like, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm nowhere near even getting started. Yeah. You know, because the thing is we, we have a long existence. It's a long runway. It's a marathon of yep. a life. You have ample, ample, ample time for whatever you're going through right now mm-hmm. to recover right. and, and fix and build it back. Right. You know, um, so it's never keep it, keeping that perspective of mm-hmm. timeline that I have a long life to live and yeah. that I'm so young that no matter even what happens to me at 15, 16, 17, right. 23, what's that what's that really going to mean when I'm. 35, 40, yeah. 50. Yeah. You know? The sooner you can get help, the better. Exactly. And you don't have to wait until you're in crisis to get help. You don't have to wait. Yeah. And and take and it doesn't, and this conversation now is only applicable to somebody who is in crisis right. or a quote unquote crisis. Right. This conversation is applicable to anybody right. who's a walking, breathing human being. Mm-hmm. And kind of what you said, being pre, uh, proactive, proactive, being yeah. proactive, Jesus. Being, <laughs> <laughs> being proactive about it, you know, and starting to think about, okay, understand because it's an inevitable part of our existence that we're going to be going through something eventually, mm-hmm. something eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, being proactive, by the way, okay, I know of, at some point I'm going to be faced with some type of anxiety, maybe some type of depression, maybe some type of, of feelings of loneliness or, mm-hmm. or um, uh, lack of optimism. What can I build now and understand about myself to be able to pull myself out yeah. of that situation brick by brick? Yeah. The student ones asked me, uh, when's the best time, or when you know it's it's time for you to go to therapy? And I said, whenever you feel ready. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> whenever really, yeah, you feel that's ready. really good. That's really good. Um, all right. So talk to us yeah. about Ecotex. Like, yeah. dive in. How'd you guys get started? Yeah. Where you're at now? And then how can listeners support you? What does support look like? Et uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, Ecotex was a company founded by a couple uh, gritty and ambitious college students who really wanted to uh, figure out a solution to um, obtaining the necessary learning materials for their classes. And yeah. it really started with our CEO, Joel Kunku, who was an uh, a engineering student at the University of New Hampshire, who engineering books as we know are so expensive yeah and all well, i don't know that but I yeah remember. yeah i mean but, yeah regardless books <laughs> yeah, are expensive yeah, yeah. in general books are crazy. and it was uh, uh you know a means of 
of finding a better solution to getting those books. And, and through that thread, that unfortunately not uncommon story of having to pay these exuberant prices for the college textbooks. I remember going into the first day from my class. Mm-hmm. I think I had a Spanish class or so, yeah. so my freshman year. And I walked into the bookstore, excited to get started, walked, looked to the left, saw that the book called $300, walked right out because yeah. that was something that just was not feasible at all. Yeah. And that's a story that we have across the board on our team. And that really was the motivation yeah, for us. That's how I got my first credit card. Yeah. I have <laughs> never paid off to this day. Yeah. It's like, why? It's because I, I need to buy Isn't that crazy? Books. Isn't that crazy <laughs> that how we're having a conversation that now you're going into, you know, you're an adult, you've been graduated yeah. school, yeah. you still are carrying you know, yeah. I mean, it's gotten debt. bigger, exactly. but, more things, but, yes, it but surrounding of because of your college mm-hmm. textbooks. I mean, that's a, that's really absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really how we, how we got started at Ecotex and, 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 and building our company up in that way with that, with that motivation to create a more accessible and democratized process for students to obtain the learning materials they can be. So the educators can be the best they can be in the classroom and the yeah. students can be the best they can be in the classroom. Love it. Yeah. So where are you guys at now? You're, you're raising funding, right? We're, we're, in, we're in pre-seed mode. We're okay. in pre-seed funding mode. Uh, we raise uh, close to $100,000 nice. to date, um, going after a quarter million dollars. Woo! And, and we're, we're in a stage where we're going to market with new technology, this, mm-hmm. this ultimate collaborative learning tool in a way which really brings optimize learning processes to the classroom really hits on all the ways students are able to uh, best learn whether it be through uh, in-person lectures whether Mm -hmm. it be through um, you know speaking to one another right within the margins of the text whether it be through isolated whether it be through uh, speaking and talking with their professor late night you know all those things are possible Mm -hmm. through our ecotext platform um, and really trying to optimize the learning process and bridge the gap between the teacher and the student in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then we have the, the product, the new technology going to market this fall, and nice. we're excited to kind of bring that to classrooms across the country, yeah. which is really fun. I know, like, with all this online learning, I think it's probably the most opportune time yeah. to have an online platform. Yeah, yeah, and it's <laughs> really, it's been, you know, it's been a very unfortunate situation, but it's really changing a lot of yeah. things. You see so many things in general. I mean, even with, you know, we think about Black Lives Matter, socially things are changing. But also when you think about the bottom line innovations in the classroom Mm -hmm. have been no different since probably 1940s. Mm -hmm. But yet the cost of the price to go to school has only been on an upward trajectory since that time. Mm -hmm. And really you now see this like, Rolexification, as um, Professor Galloway from NYU likes to call it, is this Rolexification of these universities where now instead of being public servants, they're more of name brand mm-hmm. uh, universities that you're kind of getting uh, that name to be able right. to go forth with. Um, so, you know, in that way, I think a lot of it is changing because now that tide is changing, both from a student perspective, demanding the fact that I'm not paying these $300 textbook prices right. anymore, but then also teachers being in a position and universities being in a position now where I have to figure out how to best create and maintain my name brand right. standard of education if my students are on campus or off campus. It's creating a lot of opportunity for companies like ours yeah. to be able to be an aid to these institutional partners mm-hmm. and the students and bring those two worlds together to create a holistic learning process. So how can people support you guys and where can they find you? Yeah. So you can find us at ecotext, E-C-O-T-E-X-T dot co, C-O. Mm-hmm. Um, and just peruse through our website, see mm-hmm. what we're all about, see the, you know, kind of uh, all the ins and outs and, and learn more about the company. Um, we are currently in an equity crowdfunding stage. Okay. Equity crowdfunding being that the public has the opportunity to buy into our company at mm-hmm. a low minimum, as little as $100. They can mm-hmm. buy shares in Ecotex and, and help us build our company in a way and really yeah. uh, channel, you know, a lot of the funding is going towards uh, optimizing our technology and creating yeah. the best platform for the students. Um, you can find that at netcapital.com. Uh, okay. That's where our 
listing is. And I'm sure, you know, we'll have some more information there for mm-hmm. people to reach that. And uh, yeah, again, you can buy into the company for as low as $100 to help support us and you get shares back in the company. So that now yeah. becomes mutually beneficial. Right. You know, our growth equals your growth from yeah. a monetary standpoint and then also from just a good deed standpoint creating a more holistic learning process and really yeah. a mission folks focused company and brand that we are at ecotex yes. um, to really optimize the learning process for students across the country mm-hmm. um yeah so we're really excited about that and if there's any professors out there who want to <laughs> who want to know more about ecotex and know more about what we do again yeah. you can reach us at uh, yeah. www.ecotex.co um to learn more and we'll be right in contact because we look forward to to helping you in your classrooms yeah. and helping you in your in your curriculum needs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. I think yeah. this was an amazing conversation sure. um, as the, the crux of the business is about student mental health and uh-huh. it's all been driven by the feedback that I've gotten from students and my work with students. So uh, I thank you for being here and I'm excited for what's to come for Ecotext. Yeah. Um, and I hope that you guys are able to make it to your quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but also wish you uh, the best as you're entering adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe no, cousin. it is. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a dawn thing where I, it's kind of crazy to think that I'm an adult now I, I know, guess welcome. I guess people are calling me adult even I have like teachers that's like no call me call me by my first name I'm like that's a little I know, weird I'm, I not, know. I'm not sure yet you know what I mean yeah. it's a it's it's fun though yeah. and um, it's exciting to be a part of this world of entrepreneurship like you know I'm yeah. sure you know we all it's in the blood so yeah. to speak and um, you know be able to build something that not only um has the ability to help a lot of people mm-hmm. but do right by yourself in the process right. you know really holding on to this ideology of conscious capitalism that yeah. building innovations and and driven focused businesses yeah. that provide value to the world yeah. um i think there's a lot of power in that there and is. i look forward to to being a, a main staple in that for a few yes. to come same yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks again yeah thank you man yep. appreciate you having me sure to grab your copy of the ultimate guide to student mental health workbook or enroll in our student mental health online course.